This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Oli Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. I am very excited about this episode as we are going to be talking about resistant training, its health benefits, how it could be better presented in exercise guidelines and something called organelle recycling. Our guest holds PhD in exercise physiology and is currently working as associate professor in University of Uvascula in Finland. His main research interests are muscle hypertrophy, atrophy, metabolism and signaling. In addition, he is interested in sport nutrition and weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm honored to introduce our guest, Dr. Juha Hulmi. Welcome, Juha. So you have been doing studies about uh, skeletal muscle and resistance training in, in relation to health and disease. Could you tell more about these studies? So my main, ba- main background is, is physiology and uh, I go from come from that ba- that background but um, but at the same time I'm I'm interested in in the health aspects of of exercise as well and um, well um, maybe I will start with the studies of, of the importance of skeletal muscle uh, first because those have been quite recent studies so as i explained in those experimental cancer models in mice those studies of ours suggest that um, there is some importance of muscle mass and maintaining muscle mass during the during during cancer so it may be important important to um, um For instance, for the patients, I mean, this is a speculation because these causal studies haven't been conducted in, in humans yet, but it, it may be true that this uh, decreased muscle mass during many diseases and, and, and injuries and so on, it may be that uh, it would be a good idea to try to maintain muscle mass as well as, as easily possible by exercise or some, some future drugs that, for instance, we have been investigating. And uh, mm. obviously, um, this uh, can be then regarded as health effect. Uh, at the same time, the function as well, like how well you move and uh, and so on, they can be also considered health in my in my opinion. I mean, what's what's your uh, level of performance? So, if you think those are health effects, those kind of things mm. we have we have been studying a lot. So. Uh, effects of resistance training on on the function of, of of performance and then the body composition what happens to muscle and fat and so on and then also uh, we have studied uh, metabolomics for instance what happens to uh, metabolite levels in blood uh, if you do uh, resistance training and so on so we have done those kind of things and also uh, the muscle quality so uh, My PhD student Jaakko Hentila has, has been conducting studies related to the muscle quality after resistance training in younger and, and older individuals. So uh, 
autofats related phenomenons, for instance, like um, whether um, muscle can uh, recycle uh, uh, those or has a ca- capacity perhaps to recycle some of the some of the organelles or proteins that have been sort of like uh, damaged uh, more easily or after this kind of um, uh, resistance training uh, program uh, meaning that um, resistance exercise could have uh, could improve the quality of, of, of muscle for instance in a bit older individuals if they can recycle cycle their muscles a bit bit better so we have done studies related to those and it seems that there there may be some beneficial effects of, of training on those kind of things and then um, obviously in the literature there are lots of studies uh, showing the effects of resistance training on cardiovascular health so uh, like we have we have shown some effects on on non HDL cholesterol of resistance exercise so those those levels of of uh, lipoproteins uh, uh, other than HDL can go down maybe uh, HDL itself can can go up uh, total cholesterol can can decrease and triglycerides can decrease and uh, and related to the function of, of of exercise so we have found and others that that uh, that you can clearly do uh, uh, conduct uh, exercise more easily after training so sort of uh, demands to physical activity are decreased so you have to progress to make exercise as demanding as it was before the training then pr- blood pressure can decrease after this training and and many other other things like uh, as we have we have shown and others visceral fat can decrease after resistance training if you eat properly at, at the same time some markers of systemic inflammation can can uh, can decrease and uh, many other things ha- have been shown many other benefits so um, so I think this clearly show, shows that a uh, combination of uh, resistance type of exercise and and uh, aerobic type of exercise and and probably also some some other physical activity and 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 uh, like a combination of various sports is a good idea for health as well not just uh, for the function and enjoy of the of the exercise hmm. yeah it all, all makes sense and And when you talked about muscle quality and, and changes in muscle quality, could you elaborate more? Like, what do you mean with the muscle quality? Yeah. So um, obviously, there are many things that you could measure from muscle. So um, you could you could measure what happens to um, like if you do exercise, aerobic exercise, it would be important to to measure. Uh, uh mitochondrial function and and, and uh, amount of capillaries and those kind of things those uh make it make the quality of muscle in in that regards better but for uh, muscle force production then there are you could measure the content of of uh, myofibrillar proteins for instance versus other proteins This is something that in the next in in one of our next studies we we try to try to study 
uh, what happens to those and and how those changes are perhaps maintained and and so on. So there are some recent studies showing that uh, that or suggesting that uh, the way you train, like resistance train, uh, uh, may affect on the uh, the way muscle is growing. So it's just not all the the muscle growth is the same. So the qualitative changes in muscle may be different if you do uh, or uh, like if you if you if the intensity is very high or the volume is very high for instance so there may be some differences in that so adaptation may be different uh, maybe perhaps even closer to the aerobic continuum if you do uh, more like aerobic type of, of resistance training but then for the quality that you perhaps mentioned was this um, capacity to um, um, recycle or uh, correct problems in muscles muscles uh, if, if there are some for instance after aging or or um, and so or in some other other situations so may, meaning that whether muscle could be then capable of, of um, uh, recycling damaged organelles or damaged proteins or misfolded proteins if you or or aggregated proteins meaning that uh, those proteins are just fu- not functional whether this kind of capacity is improved after after exercise or resistance exercise and um, and as I said we have some evidence in humans that we have uh, we have found that some of those changes are taking place. So, for instance, acutely after first exercise bout, when you haven't been doing resistance training yet, there is a sort of a, a chaos happening in muscle in that situation if you do heavy exercise. So you have to really recycle some of the stuff, some of the unwanted stuff after this uh, exercise. So then this kind of a process called unfolded protein response is activated, making it possible that we are not synthesizing uh, non-functional proteins to our muscles. So this is probably important. And on the other hand, this autophagy recycling phenomenon is probably important. So um, so exercise is activating this uh, this phenomenon in which we are recycling these organelles and, and also perhaps some, some proteins. And uh, after after exercise, acute exercise, and p- perhaps also after after training more efficiently, so this may be important to maintain the quality of the of the muscle. Mm. Yeah, this recycling of organelles is is a new thing for me. I haven't read about it. So, could you tell more about how how does it work and and is it different when you do the first trainings or when you are experienced with strength training? Yeah. Well, um, the problem is that uh, these phenomenons are really difficult to, uh, or even impossible to study, study directly in humans. So we just measure some of the markers that predict <coughs> activation of unfolded protein response or this autophagy. So this autophagy was um, is an interesting uh, physiological. Uh, phenomenon uh, it was uh, awarded 
or, or this Japanese biologist won Nobel Prize in Medicine uh, actually 2016 for uh, finding uh, this uh, process called uh, autophagy. So um, this is something that is been that um, that is really active uh, area of research. And the problem is that mm. in, hu- in humans we can st- just study these markers of of, of those those um, those things. So we can just uh, predict uh, whether this these um, these processes are taking place after ex- after single bout of exercise and then after. Uh, after longer uh, training period, but our um, results by um, Jaakko Hentilä and and us in in couple of uh, study settings suggest that uh, then after that after acute exercise bout uh, this unfolded protein response is, is increasing, but this is not increasing anymore after the longer the uh, longer term training. So there is not like Longer-term changes, similarly as as after this these first bouts when there is a chaos happening in muscle because you are first time you know uh, using your uh, molecular um, engine as heavy as 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 it happens, so it, uh, there is some chaos happening, and then you have to really or muscles have to correct some of the things that are happening. So it's uh, it's it's different, and and then for the autophagy. Um, which is recycling of those contents, uh, not just proteins, but but other things as well. Then, um, then that's um, that's even more difficult to study in humans or or directly in humans. But our study suggests that this phenomenon also increase increases at least in young muscles uh, after acu- acutely after after exercise bout uh, quite delayed though like let's say two hour, two days after after exercise bout it seems that this this may be may be increasing based on on the markers we have we have investigated and then after training this capacity may still be raised so there may there may be more of these autophagosome uh autophagosomes after training which may mean that uh, when you continue training you have more capacity to uh, recycle those those um, non-functional uh, parts of muscle fibers, and that may be helpful uh, in some situations. So that's that's just a speculation, but it seems that exercise may have same kind of effects as caloric restriction. So, so on muscle at least, so caloric restriction is also increasing uh, and improving capacity to recycle with these. Uh, processes so that's quite interesting and i hope that that uh, there will be more animal studies in this uh, for these um, these physiological processes because in animals you can study these processes directly this kind of recycling it's just not possible in in humans with 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 the ethical standards that we have yeah Mm. so so that's interesting that this has won the Nobel prize in 2016 so it's quite a new thing Uh, how how do you see the practical relevance of of this recycling of organelles and out fuzzy yeah there is some evidence suggesting that it's it it really is important in uh, in many tissues not just for muscle mass for not just for muscle so 
So uh, people are speculating that uh, some health effects through caloric restriction, uh, as you probably know, this uh, those uh, those studies. So those uh, health effects may come at least in part through uh, activation of autophagy. So uh, it may be important for for our tissues to maintain this uh, capacity to uh, recycle and, and improve. And uh, yeah, that's that's probably important. And for muscles, there are some studies suggesting that some uh, beneficial effects of exercise on muscle, like uh, glucose uh, intake uh, into the muscle fibers, and 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 also some uh, effects of um, exercise or or muscle muscle related drugs on muscle quality may be. Um, affecting on on the performance of muscle through autophagy so it may be important for performance aspect or quali- qualitative aspect of muscle function as well so if these processes are not working probably you it is it perhaps possible it's perhaps possible to increase muscle mass without getting it really functionally strong or more uh, efficient to to conduct its functions. Mm. This podcast is sponsored by Fibian, a research device that has been shown to be valid in tracking sitting, standing, physical activity and energy expenditure. Furthermore, Fibian has been shown to be valid categorizing physical activity into light, moderate and vigorous intensity. In addition to scientific accuracy, Fibian provides automatically produced and easy-to-understand reports for research participants. Get scientific validation and learn more about Fibian at fibian.com research. Fibian, from researchers to researchers. And, and if I go a little bit back, you mentioned about continuum between aerobic exercise and resistance training. That's an interesting idea that it's it's a continuum could you could you tell more about your ideas of this this continuum yeah the problem with um with science um in a way has been that uh quite often at least in in medical field uh people don't understand what exercise means and they don't understand what aerobic exercise means and they don't understand what resistance exercise means and uh, and then they don't uh, they don't understand how um, how many types of ways to train there are. So, um, for instance, if you look at the recent uh, recommendations for exercise in worldwide rec- recommendations, there are only like usually like few words or few few pages of how to conduct uh, resistance training and important concepts in there. And um, I find it really, um, well, frustrating for exercise scientists that uh, in the medical field, I mean, I have been working in the medical field quite a lot, but um, so uh, there hasn't been enough... uh, us uh, exercise scientists doing a collaboration with um, people in the medical field so that uh, the field could understand the 
really this continuum of 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 training so basically um you can have a muscle muscle strengthening uh component and even increasing mu- uh, this hypertrophic component even in aerobic training for instance if you do um if you do cycling for instance you do uphill cycling you can really produce stimuli for your legs that can produce hypertrophy if you if you eat enough and the same thing happens with the resistance training that if you understand the physiology of exercise and the coaching aspects of exercise then you can understand that uh, um, if the exercise is certain uh, the response can be totally different uh, depending on how you uh, conduct the exercise so for instance if you do this kind of resistance exercise in, in which you will have um, you will uh, do explosive jumps for instance with your own body weight or just uh, some kilos kilos of, of weight the responses mm. uh, of this exercise which is still called resistance exercise if you really produce force you should call it resistance exercise or strength training if if you are uh, if you conduct it that way the the response is totally different if you compare it to this uh, strength ex- endurance type of exercise in which you have uh, if you are doing let's say 30 to 50 reps you will have long rest periods and and so on so i i find it really uh, frustrating that this uh, physiology of of exercise uh, is almost totally forgotten usually and people are just um, trying to um, simplify too much I mean I understand really for the uh, recommendations that you have to, uh, the, to simplify and that's totally fine but still I think that the physiologists and coaching field of exercise have been forgotten uh, here because um, there is so much different aspects in in exercise if you if you don't understand those you don't get the benefits i was explaining about resistance training for instance if you just go to the gym you will be low responder for sure almost for sure if you don't know what you are doing so um, i think our field should emphasize its importance more and more so for instance this continuum of aerobic and resistance training types of of adaptations uh, it's it's a uh, it's it's important to understand so it's clearly possible to to have this cardiovascular health uh, uh, outcomes from resistance training if, if the resistance training is conducted in a manner that uh, uh, stresses your um, cardiovascular system so understanding this physiology uh, is important but then if you do uh, let's say more explosive type type of exercises with uh, very long rest periods it's if you understand physiology then you understand that you are not really stressing you don't have you don't have any stimuli for cardiovascular health it's it should be uh, easy to understand based on physiology so um, i think it's it's important to understand those things mm, i i fully see your point uh, so how do you think the exercise recommendations should be improved yeah um well i clearly am not uh, an expert of recommendations of of uh of exercise for 
uh, for sort of a normal individual. So I'm more more from I come more from these exercise and sport fields. And I think that the recent uh, um, recommendations are pretty good. So I, I like this idea of of um, of uh, combining these uh, aerobic uh, exercise and physical activity to uh, muscle strengthening activities. So uh, so I like those those things, and I like also the idea that uh, physiology is a bit better taking. Uh, taken in, into account now because uh, studies show that uh, you can combine these these um, effects from doing uh, short, quite short bouts or uh, many short bouts or little less of uh, long bouts. You can you can combine these things and you may you may get same physiological response. But what I don't like in these um, these recommendations in, in in worldwide recommendations. Of exercise uh, uh, is that this um, resistance exercise recommendation is so superficial. So, um, in for instance, in these American uh, recommendations, uh, there is probably more of a, more uh, um, words uh, of of Tai Chi. You know, well, Tai Chi from because you were. You have been in, in China. I have even mm. tried Tai Chi, but there is, um, I mean, there is more of those those kind of things, Tai Chi and yoga and so on, than resistance training. And I don't mean mm. that it's it's a the, it's a good idea to include those <laughs> Tai Chi and yoga and those kind of things in the recommendation as well. But then there should be more um, this kind of um, information about resistance training. So if you just explain it uh, in few words, it's um, well, it's quite difficult to to get the, the benefits that that you want because it totally depends how you conduct on how you conduct the exercise. So you can conduct it, uh, in, and, and you have to understand also the goal of 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 doing those. So if you want to improve the power of muscle contraction, which which may be important in in the elderly, you cannot just improve that by going. To the gym and then doing really slow type of of, of exercise, so for instance. So that is something that that should be improved in the future uh, somehow to improve or, or uh, um, explain better, and then uh, also somehow um, advertising that there are experts for um, for. Uh, for exercise who who can be then used if you want to really um, optimize the adaptation from training. So that's something that I'm really interested in nowadays and uh, how to um, decrease the amount of uh, low responders of, of exercise. And this is something that I, 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 I try to uh, look, uh, investigate in the future. So... Uh, how to really get the benefits of exercise that you want and, and what those benefits are at the physiological and molecular level. So, yeah, I probably shouldn't talk more of those because I'm just applying funding for, for studies related to that. 
all right don't don't release any information that you don't want um so so you mentioned about for example power type of training for the elderly or or speed speed what other kind of aspects should be should be mentioned in the recommendations about resistance training uh in my opinion um in the future uh, if you just mention that uh um let's say two times a week for instance in the recommendation and perhaps amount of sets um that that's um better than nothing that's that's probably quite a good because i understand that the recommendations uh have to be really uh simple and and doable and and so on but then uh i think there should be um and now i'm talking especially of the of the american recommendations because they are really um um intensive in a way because they have there are tens of pages of of recommendations basically and and uh and information so if you have this large amount of uh, information about about exercise recommendations then uh i think um there could be much more information about resistance training and and the continuum of it so how can you if you really need to maintain muscle mass in the in the elderly how how should you do that what's the evidence uh, how to improve uh power and, and speed which is something that is usually totally forgotten because it's um uh, well it's forgotten also in, in many other aspects as well usually so uh the speed is something that we forget quite often the fastest is the one who is winning usually so we are we still uh forget that so i think mm-hmm. recommendations related to that would be important somehow to so for people to understand how how that is done so that training is not making you slower and then um also uh for strength it's it's important to understand some of the some of the um uh effects and then uh, these basic uh, knowledge related to progression specificity uh, perhaps some variation of training uh importance of recovery um and so on those kind of things should be emphasized so that people can understand how this um um if they really want to improve not just health but but function how it can be done so just few sentences in for informing those kind of things would be i mean evidence-based it would be good idea and also uh i think this concept of of optim optimizing and maximizing could be could be important and and also uh how if you want to do just the minimal level of exercise what could be the minimal level and also uh the level of of exercise that could be too much so they could be in my opinion those could be could be in the future a uh, good idea to incorporate somehow because at the same time we know that some people are going to be non-responders or low responders at least to exercise on some some measures there are some who are doing it too much and uh 
so basically physiology and coaching related things it would be really not nice to have those so basic recommendations can stay pretty much the same i don't i don't i don't mean that but maybe then you know to have some attachments or explaining those those better that's that would be my my advice mm, it it makes makes all the all the sense to me and and you mentioned this minimum dose and and too much i i think that i always find it interesting with exercise recommendations that where do you put the line because for example with many training it's more you do more benefits you gain of course there's some somewhere there is too much but but i find this minimum dose quite interesting could you could you tell about more what would be the minimum dose in in relation to resistance exercise yeah so so um minimum do- minimal dose for average person for getting some of the cardiovascular benefits uh, for uh, aerobic training and those kind of benefits there is quite good data to show that uh, how much you could or should perhaps do exercise there are some some uh, some data for that and that's fine um, i don't mean that there should be more and uh, but the problem even even in that is that uh, not all the participants are probably getting the benefits from this um, this amount of amount of exercise because exercise progression and and, uh, and other things are important other other variables are important to understand so almost all of the recommendations are based on averages so uh, average response sort of like a minimal amount of exercise needed to get uh, some average response let's say like mm-hmm. 150 or 300 minutes of exercise you get on average you get uh, in studies you get statistically significant benefits but then there are lots of studies showing that in some individuals this is not enough to get almost any benefits because perhaps their their normal physical activity levels or the work they are doing or i don't know some other reasons make it so that you don't get the benefits if you don't do it heavier or more often or uh, even less for some if you do it too much and for resistance training the same seems to be seems to be true in a way but but for resistance training i i would say that it's a bit uh, easier in a way because for aerobic uh, training there is so much of this um, physical ac- this um, similar types of res- physical activity in normal life as well so they clearly interact so uh you can be really physically physically active in your in your daily life and that's why you don't get so much health benefits from from exercise like this kind of um, um exercise that we think how exercise is i mean like um not just mm, doing right. some some voluntary activities uh, at home and so on mm. But then for resistance training we do less of those things in our normal life of course we carry some weight sometimes and we are doing some we are climbing sometimes and uh doing some of those things but i think it's it's a bit more clear maybe to uh, to give some uh, recommendations for resistance training in that sense because um in normal life we don't do so much of those things we do but not not so much and and the evidence 
pretty much supports the recommendations of of, of resistance training in in USA and in Finland, for instance. So this about two times per week is probably enough for most of the individuals to get benefits or at least maintaining the the physical function and health by resistance training. So uh, studies pretty clearly show that if you if you do it once or twice per week, you can you can get some some of those benefits average on average. But clearly, those studies, individual studies that have been investigating at individual levels, then not all the individuals will get benefits from this type of training. And this is important to understand. Another thing that is important to understand is that uh, if you want to uh, improve your strength endurance or hypertrophy or uh, or um, power speed decrease um, uh, falls, for instance, if you want to do want to um, uh, improve your stability and those kind of things, uh, then there are different ways to do to to train those and. I think those are forgotten quite often as well. So, so those things are quite difficult then uh, in the resistance training recommendations. So basic things are easy to understand, but then what kind of training? So for instance, if, if you look at the uh, recommendations of, of um, Finnish uh, resistance training um, or Finnish resistance training recommendations by UKK Institute, as I said, mm. uh, the the main um, recommendations recommendations are good, and I, I pretty much agree that the evidence is pretty good towards those. And um, but then, um, if if resistance training is is uh, stair climbing and doing some heavy outdoor work, doing some uh, group exercise, yoga, dance, at the say are like considered resistance training similarly as, as uh, training at the, at the gym, then I think it's a bit confusing. So um, so in the future, as I said, this uh, it would be nice to specify. So it's possible for some uh, that uh, dance is, is, is really resistance training, but uh, I would like to, da- to, to, to see what kind of dance. So it's what kind of dance is uh, resistance training. So... Um, mm. Yeah, so that's my long answer to something that you probably didn't answer, didn't didn't even even I, ask. <laughs> I, I I think I even asked that, so I, I think it was good. This podcast is sponsored by Fibion. Uh, my name is Dr. Paul Batman, and I'd like to just say a few words about Fibion. Um, I've used it a number of times on different projects that I've been involved in, and find that it's incredibly reliable very valid and incredibly sturdy. I love the graphics that come with it. It really is very clear and could easily see the active in and active periods as well. So I'd certainly recommend Fibion to anyone that's interested in finding out more about sedentary behaviour, particularly the concept of sitting and how we can possibly break it up with some really good valid information. So so do you, do you think like if I go back to the continuum, do you think it should be promoted more as a continuum from from aerobic to muscle strengthening or whatever name you give it or how how could we convey the message keeping it simple but still kind of giving these different aspects that there's also much harder resistance training which will benefit more 
give more benefits than, for example, dance for, for mm. muscle strength? I think this UKK Institute, um, th- those figures that they give uh, are pretty nice. So they have this kind of a continuum. So so they have, uh, I don't know if you know the pyramid that they have. So they have this uh, from sleep to uh, flexibility or something. So this, mm. these pyramids are pretty nice. I think they are they are trying to uh, give this kind of a message from this uh, low physical activity or even resting from that to this heavy. So that's that's quite nice way to, to, to show that. So I like it. So um, maybe just even specifying that also in some way of resistance training figure, uh, showing that and then how it's even more combined to this. Um, um, it could be combined with this uh, endurance training. So maybe somehow, I don't know, but it's uh, these are just illustrated things, even though I like drawing and, and illustrations, I, I don't know how to do that, but that, that's a good idea to even even make it better. I like mm. it already, but then uh, to do to have it, uh, to do that even, to include that that there a bit better still, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. And how, how do you see in, in future? Do you think we need to do the training or will there be a magic pill that we can just take and not do the training at all? Yeah. So um, the quick answer is, is it's probably not ever possible to, to make a pill that would uh, do all those things like uh, to treat blood pressure and decrease risk for cardiovascular dis- decrease and, and metabolic syndrome and increase physical activity physical capacity body composition and, and so on there are so many things that you can get from exercise and also the enjoy of exercise psychological benefits of exercise that that you can get uh, so uh, I don't find it possible so the only way you can you can really do that is is to, to get some kind of a pill and then take it with you to the gym or wherever you do the exercise and just put it into your pocket and then that's how you get probably the benefit out of it. Yeah, that makes all the sense. Yeah, so we, we could start start wrapping up. Maybe before we finish, uh, you, you, you are doing clearly important and relevant work. Uh, what kind of collaborators could take your work to the next level? Who could be ideal collaborator for your projects? Yeah, um, I have been thinking many, many types of collaborators. So clearly this uh, field of exercise, health and, and uh, exercise recommendations and that kind of field, how to really um, study those individuals who are, who um, are not like us who do exercise really like voluntarily or or who quite easily get some benefits out of exercise so some people from those fields and obviously uh, my background is more in the resistance training although I, we have done some aerobic training studies as well so i uh, i'm for sure i need collaborators in the field of physical activity and, and aerobic aerobic training in my future studies i'm for sure because my uh, knowledge is not a, not that good in those those areas for sure than in resistance training and also how to measure these activity levels and so on so 
those things for sure. And then in the field of um, psychology, probably I need how to get those uh, people to move uh, if I want to uh, study these variables. Uh, dose of exercise for instance then it's important to really get the participants to to uh, have the correct dose that are that uh, we think would be uh, good and then um, also from the medical field and biomedicine obviously uh, i need uh, collaboration in the future similarly as i have done so far and even more perhaps to just um, have these state-of-the-art techniques to measure measure um, molecules from our our body, and also to do some more mechanistic studies to understand mechanisms, and and also from the medical field to uh, get a chance to conduct these types of exercise. So we have been trying to figure out those those things. And in, in, in our city, Yuvaskula, we have a really good chance to do those studies in the future. So I am really um, positive about, about those studies. So not just conducting studies with athletes, but also with, with those, those people who, who would probably get benefits for, from exercise, but they don't just uh, do it properly yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if any of the listeners are interested in collaboration, being in contact with Juha, so there would be uh, interest with many, many fields to collaborate with. So we have had quite a long talk. It was it was very nice to nice to have you as a guest and, and really interesting things. What would be your final remarks for this very interesting episode? Well, um, yeah, I have tried to advertise the importance of physiology, research of exercise, because if we understand better uh, how exercise affects and what happens to, uh, in our body during exercise, then it's more it's easier to also conduct these exercise studies and also to to um, to um, program uh, exercise for for humans so that's that's something that i i think we should uh, and i should advertise even more in the future so physiology of exercise understanding that and of course biomechanics as well so those things are important in the in the future and how to combine those with the uh, with other fields of science and also and also to practice so those those things I would I would like to point out, and then of course the joy of exercise. So so I'm I hope I can play some beach volley today just for fun, actually. Mm, hopefully it doesn't doesn't rain here where I am. It looks cloudy, but hopefully you get to play the beach beach volley today. Uh, thank you, Juha. Thanks, Oli. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, 
in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.